Hi guys. I'm doing an episode on a random Wednesday instead of the weekend because I don't know why, I just am. Uh, earlier today, Biden announced his student loan plan, which shows that aggressively bullying politicians sometimes works. <laughs> like, this is honestly one of the things that I am glad is happening again because one of the, I think the most demoralizing thing for me to watch anyway during Trump's presidency was the fact that he didn't care if he was, like, upsetting people. He didn't care that he was, like, passing these laws and things that literally, like, nobody wanted. Only, like, 20% of the general population wanted it. The majority of the country that he's supposed to be representing and running don't want, didn't want what he was doing and were, like, begging him not to and he just would do it anyway because he... He didn't care if if everyone hated him because he just wanted to do what he wanted to do. Um, it's nice to see someone, like, somebody else be in that position and, and realize, like... Because, like, at the beginning of this year, Joe Biden said that he... Like, there's all these news reports at the beginning of the year that Biden was not considering student loans at all. And then now eight, year, eight years... No, <laughs> eight months later, that's different. And... Uh, I saw, like, somebody post something about how, like, the, that, um, that, like, 65% of the people that default on their loans are people that have $20,000 or less in loans because they were in school but never got, like, a bachelor's degree, and that's 100% me, like, I, I have, um, an associate's degree, but I don't even use that anymore, but still, like, the majority, I have $30,000 yeah about thirty thousand dollars in student loans and some of them are the majority of them are private loans from like banks which means that the whole time that covid's been happening i've still been having to pay them i only have like two thousand dollars of like the federal loans that i haven't had to pay monthly in like you know two and a half years but um the majority of those loans are from the first two and a half years that I was in college and when I was at four-year universities and I never got a bachelor's degree and so those loans are like gigantic (laughs) um so I would obviously like all of them all of those to be gone but I'll take ten thousand dollars for now I got a Pell Grant I got a grant the last semester that I was in like four-year college school um but I honestly cannot remember if it was a Pell Grant or not, so, and I have absolutely no idea how to find that out, because that was from, like, 2005, (laughs) so I have no idea where any of that stuff would even be anymore, so I guess I'll just see what happens, I suppose, um, yeah, so besides that, the one thing I'm, I feel I feel like I'm feeling weird lately because there's there's lots of reasons to feel like that honestly but mainly cuz um my my um therapist is on vacation again. She's on vacation for the next 2 weeks. Um so this week is the first week I won't see her. I won't see her in person again in or in person, you know, in an appointment until the day after Labor Day just like September 6th or something, which is a long ass time for me to go between appointments. Um, but the, I don't know what to call it, anniversary, I guess, of when I like initiated basically like cutting my mom off. Like the last time I really talked to her in person in a, in a real way, at least, um, was like, August 16th yeah August 16th um it's kind of one of those funny things where there was this trend going around on TikTok where people were using a sound and it was like what you've missed since I've gone no contact with you and so I like did a bunch of I like made more effort than I usually do, like, putting together a video for that, and posted it, and then after, and then realized, like, a day or two later, that I posted it on the day, like, when all of that stuff happened, and I mean, I didn't even realize it was that day. I thought that the day that I, like, that we met up in person 
when all of that happened was August 23rd, but it wasn't. It was the week before that. Um, the only reason I figured that out is because of seeing, like, on my archive on Instagram, the post from the... The way that all of that happened for me was I met up with my mom. I talked to my mom over the phone about when I brought up, like, the abuse my dad did for the first time as an adult. And then a couple... And then I was like, we need to talk in person. And I I remembered when this was because um, my friends, uh, one of my friends, his mom and his stepdad live on like a lake cabin which is a very normal thing in Wisconsin um like two hours or so away from from where I live now and um we were plant where we were I was going there with him and another one of our friends for the weekend for like a long weekend and um and so I knew that I was going to go up there like we are driving to go up there on like Thursday and then was going to drive back on Sunday. Um, and so I knew that that was happening and I knew that I needed to meet with her and talk to her about things in person after the phone call didn't go well at all. And so I remember that, like, I met with her for dinner at a fucking Perkins (laughs) on like that Wednesday or whatever. And then, and then went on that trip. And so when I started seeing posts that I made four years ago, already up at my friend's house on that trip I was like oh okay so I can finally I finally like have it in my head when it happened because the thing I I, reason why I'm bringing this up is because so many things from that time is like there are certain things that are like burned into my memory like like the like certain things of what what was said and stuff when my mom and I did talk on the phone and in person and all that and like and certain things that happened when I was up on, like, that, with my friends, but there were other stuff that I forgot because of dissociation and because of, like, horrible insomnia. I was not, like, that was, like, I already had, I had never slept well, but by then I was already, like, in insomnia mode that just, like, stayed that bad for another, like, year after that. (laughs) A little over a year actually when I think about it um and it so I found I was looking I don't remember why I found this stuff um oh I remember because like the anniversary stuff I was so a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I a lot of the communication that happened between me and my mom and like me and my sister when that happened was all like you know on our phones because like that's how people talk and like I hate talking on the phone so we didn't most of it wasn't like conversations in that way um so like I used to have this um I used to have all of these screenshots saved on my phone of the of the things that my mom like texted to me or sent me on Facebook Messenger the things that my sister said to me in the same places or or emailed to me and I use that because when you first cut family off or like set boundaries like I did with my sister it's really hard to you have those moments where you like doubt yourself like I still even sometimes have moments like that where I doubt myself um although they're a lot less than what they used to be and I recognize that that it's just like me self gaslighting myself thinking that I might be wrong because so many people told me I was wrong about things that I wasn't growing up um but like so the way that I dealt with that was that I would look at those screenshots and I would screenshot nice things that like the friends I had at the time would say to me and I would save it and look, just look through them whenever I would start doubting things and it would always, um, and looking at that stuff would like re-remind me why I was doing this and all this sort of stuff. But at some point in like 2020, I think I deleted them, like almost basically all of them, like, because I didn't like seeing them when I when I went scrolling through my pictures anymore and I didn't need to look at them to remind myself why I was doing this anymore um 
but now like somewhat so much longer time has gone like by like it's been like another two years that I feel like I could like look at that stuff and handle seeing like the things they said to me more than I could at the time and so I was like looking through my phone trying to see if there was a way for me to like find old stuff like I like tried to download my data from like Facebook Messenger but turns out that if you like delete the conversations not put them in archive but like fully delete them then they're just like after a certain point of time after a couple months they're just like fully deleted and you can never get them back because I like I got my I like downloaded my own data and um they're not there because I deleted them like over two years ago and um so I can never get like the I can never just like the thing I always think of is like I had a my me and my mom's like chat window I like say I never um like deleted or like exited out of that conversation for like over a year because I for the first like nine or ten months after I told her I needed to not talk to her for a while she would send me messages every like two or three weeks that were just like really awful things until I finally told my sister about it and she made her stop um but I like kept those on there as almost like proof because um and like I even told my sister at one point like if you want to see it you can go you, I like I remember telling her one time we were talking about it in person like you I you can go on my Facebook messenger right now and scroll through everything every single thing she's ever sent me because I have it all on there um because like I said in the beginning like the having proof was really really important because um I don't think I need to explain that so <laughs> um but I don't have that anymore and so that sucks. I wish, I don't, the only thing I can think of as a way to get that back, just to almost, just to look at it again and, and see, like, all the things that were said and, and all that kind of stuff from, like, a place now, like, where I've processed my, all this stuff a lot more than I did then. The only thing I can think of is, like, to get, like, an i to get, like, a new iPad and to, um, and to, like, try to open it up at, like, a, you know how on iPhones you, it, like, backs things up, and you can just look through, like, the backups you have, and, like, open it up from one of your old backups, that's the only thing I can think of, because the only way to do that on your current iPhone is if you, like, push it back to factory settings, but, like, I don't want to do that, I don't want to mess up my phone that I'm using right now, and, like, I've wanted to get an iPad to use, like, Procreate for, like, drawing and art and, like, Canva on there and stuff to be creative. So, um, it's not, like, out of the realm possibility for me to get that. It's just, I think that's the only way that I could get something, like, and see something like that again. And I, like, I want to see it, be able to look at it. Um, I did, I did find the, um, some of the old emails that we sent each other when all that happened, too, and, um... But the main thing that I found was, like, I, f I, like, didn't forget, but I just wasn't thinking about it, that I used to, um, I used to record voice notes for myself all the time, like, very much like this podcast, which is why this was, like, a natural step, like, why I wanted to do a podcast like this and just talk about whatever, because I did that anyway. And, like, um, after I moved out of when my sister and I moved out from living with each other and I lived by myself in like 2015, I started doing that. And, um, as just like a way for me to like, like this podcast is for, as a way for me to like process what was going on. And I knew that I did that. I used to, um, when I was working at the last attorney's office I worked for, I used to leave my, my, apartment like way earlier than I needed to like I worked at like seven then and I would always get to work like a half hour early and like the and like the drive there and like at least most of the time when I would be sitting in the car waiting to go in like waiting to walk to work I would sit there and just like talk about whatever happened talk about therapy talk about the last thing that my mom and I talked about 
And I'm really glad that I did that because like I said before, there's so many things that I forgot happened because of just how like how traumatizing that entire time of my life was that it's not really a surprise plus like all of the insomnia that I forgot like oh my god I only listened to two recordings so far there's a bunch of them but the two that I listened to I'm so tired (laughs) like oh my god like which makes sense at that time I was sleeping like like four or five hours a night and I would wake up every every night at like three two three four in the morning somewhere around there and like sometimes I would just stay up uh, until I went to work a lot of the times I would just stay up ended up staying up um because I couldn't fall the time when I would want to go back to sleep was when I would have to get up and go to work so I just like started just staying up until I was so tired all the time and you can like when I'm listening to these voice notes I just hear myself yawning like over and over again and it's like amazing for me to listen to these knowing that I was about to spend an entire like eight hour work day at my job trying to act like I was a normal person after dealing with all this shit but it is like I'm really glad that I did that just for just for this so that I could I think that's why I did it back then was because I knew that I likely would want to know and like want to remember this stuff one day and um and I do because some of this stuff I don't I honestly did not even remember like one of the things that was hard for me to remember was the like the there's so many things that happened in, like, 2018 and 2019. Like, it's honestly, like, exhausting for me to remember them all. And I try to remember them all. But it's... But it... There's... There was just so many things always going on that... It's like, oh, yeah. This happened and then this happened. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Um, and so... But some of the stuff that I do remember is, like... The way that I did, like, telling my mom about everything, which was a whole process, like, the the therapist that I saw in 2018 was horrible. She was the one that didn't really know what she was doing. She was the reason why I didn't get short-term disability leave from my job. And then at the end of me seeing her, she tried to convince me to see my mom, even though I didn't want to, and then, um, like, made me see her in person once. And I spent, like, five hours afterwards basically having a panic attack after seeing her. But, like, once. I saw her in person, like, on Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving in 2018. Making clear that I wasn't going to be there for Thanksgiving all that sort of stuff. Um, That was the last time I saw her in person. Um, And that was because my therapist made me. And then, like, a month later was when she told me that she thought that I made up my trauma memories, that they weren't real. And that was obviously atrocious. (laughs) But um, the parts with her that were good was that she helped me see that, like, that the relationship my mom and I had wasn't right to begin with, which is what what made me tell her about the abuse my dad did. Um, Because me believing that my mom was a good person was the thing that I used to, like, say that I was wrong, that my dad couldn't have done this my mom couldn't have known about this and not done anything about it so me realizing that um I walk on eggshells around her too and that things aren't right with her either made me finally tell be like okay so this is definitely true then because yeah it is (laughs) um but she helped me kind of like I like would I asked my mom questions for like a couple weeks like I would have therapy we would we would think of something she would tell me to ask my mom about something that was like kind of inching towards telling her um about like the abuse as an adult and like confronting her with it and telling her I remember telling you about it but I don't remember what happened so what happened after I told you and it it was like a month I think of doing that like every like ask I remember some of the things we asked were like um, like, one of the things I asked was, like, why did, why did I stop going to therapy? And that was when she told me that I did a group therapy group that I had no memory of, um, and still don't. And 
I asked once, like, why did dad, my dad used to walk around in his, like, boxer briefs all the time, and so one of the things I asked her was, like, why did he walk around like that, or, like, did you ever, um, try to get him to stop, and the answer to that was basically, like, not really, and, um, and then the, and then there was something about, like, every time we, I would text her that question after therapy that week, she would, um, we, she would, like, say stuff that would lead to, like, me wondering more things, and then I would usually talk to my therapist about it, and then I would ask her, and then I would ask her about whatever came from that conversation, and, like, this is why, this is why I say, like, this is, like, the good part of that therapist, um, I honestly have no fucking clue what happened after this point with her, but, um, because this is, like, how it should go in the way that, like, my therapist wasn't telling me what to think about my mom, and, like, we weren't, she was, the, the questions we were asking were very, like, open-ended. Like, it wasn't something where we were, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a lead, a leading question, where you're only expecting one answer out of it. Like, that's one of the things I kind of learned through doing this that I still do with my mom, the very few times that I have to talk to her or anyone else really, but especially her, is that I try to ask her a question that gives her a lot of different possibilities of how she wants to answer it. Like, like for an example, like way back, not way back, but, like, last year, she randomly stopped paying me, like, she does monthly to pay me back for money she stole from me in high school, um, she, like, randomly for, like, two or three months last summer stopped paying me, and I thought that maybe this was her, like, just not gonna pay me anymore, and so I just, I just sent her a message on Facebook asking her, like, and instead of being like, why aren't you paying me? Or are you not going to pay me anymore? Or something more like confrontational or like argumentative sounding. I just asked her like, when are you planning to pay me next? And um, she replied pretty much like right away and was like, oh, sorry for getting behind the last couple months. I'll and she like sent me a payment like like that day and then started paying me regularly again. Um, and so that's, like, an example of kind of, like, just an open question, which is why, like, doing this sort of thing works so well with people like my mom, like, people who are known for, like, people you aren't sure, like, what they're gonna say, and, like, you know at that point that they were manipulative in your past, but you, like, (sighs) the thing that, like, my mom and, like, my sister likely don't get is that and like that it's one of the like things that I feel like abusive people when they get when their kids especially cut them off from them they don't what they don't understand is that like we don't want to do that and we want them to be a good person or we want them we don't want to have to do that and so when we're asking them things we're like hoping that they'll give an answer that is not something that forces us to need to not talk to them and like cut off our relationship with them and like it's one of those ironic things that the therapist that I saw during that time my mom at least when it first happened told my sister that she thought that my therapist like brainwashed me against her And it's ironic because that therapist was trying to convince me to see her and have her in my life again and trying to, and tried to convince me that the trauma memories I had weren't real. So like that therapist was not doing that at all. And like, I don't know if my mom would ever know that at this point or have found that out, but it's one of those things of, she just assumed that this other person that she doesn't know was like saying things to me to turn her turn me against her when in reality it's them just like answering simple questions that does that for me like my therapist didn't have to do anything she was the one making these decisions about what she was saying and doing that did all of that on her own like my therapist didn't have to say anything 
Um, so, like, the thing, like, the thing I forgot was that the last time I asked her questions, so one of the things that's just, like, weird for me to think about of this, of the time in my life from, like, the ages of, like, 9 to 12, the house when we, that we lived in during that time was when the abuse was at its worst, and, um, that was, like, I told my mom about it when I was, like, 9, and then, um, when I was, like, 11, 12, like, 11 was when they started, like, breaking up and, like, saying that they're getting divorced, I think, and, like, 11, 12, somewhere in there, because when I was 12 was when we, um, when my mom and my sister and I moved into a one-bedroom apartment, and my, and they, like, sold their house, because they were also filing for bankruptcy on top of getting divorced, because they are just great people, (laughs) and all of that stuff, um, was around the time when I was in seventh grade, when all that was going on, and so, um, during those years, the, church that we went to was like a five minute walk down the street it was it was like a block away and so the minister lived across the street from us and he his daughter was good friends with my younger sister um and so uh he and he was friends with my mom like one of those weird things about my life was that like a minister somebody who's supposed to be a mandatory reporter was um friends with my mom and, um, just, like, another person that I couldn't ever tell because I knew they wouldn't believe me. And so, um, I forget why. And, like, the message that I left didn't explain. I haven't listened to the ones from before this one to find out. But whatever I asked my mom the week before that, she said that Matt, who is the minister that lived across the street from us, said that she was friends with said something weird to her and um and I remember that for some reason she was telling me that he was worried that my dad was going to abuse her because he thought that my dad was mad that my mom like wasn't having sex with him anymore because they were like because he was a mess and they were getting divorced Um, now when I look back at that, I feel like he was actually mad about me, but Matt and, like, the idea of feeling, like, threatened that, like, Matt was gonna find out and, and, like, stop that from happening, um, and, but, like, but Matt just, like, didn't understand what he was really saying, um, and, but anyway, um, my mom said that he, Matt said she said something weird to her about strange behavior or whatever about her and and so after therapy that week I asked her like what Matt said to her and like what what quote-unquote like strange behavior did you have that he was noticing and the thing that Matt noticed was that or I texted that question to her and as soon as I texted it to her she just called me and told me that my that Matt thought that she had been sexually abused when she was a kid and like he didn't say she didn't say why he thought that but she told me during this conversation later on about like very vague memory she has with her dad where I know that that happened um but because she said that I was like well this is like the perfect time for me to tell her like what there's no other time that I could get like a better setup for talking about something like this than that and and I remember saying like well you can probably guess like what I'm going to ask you next and she said yes And so then I told her what happened and asked her and said, like, I remember telling you about it. So what happened after, um, after I told you, like, what happened, like, what did you say to him and things like that? Like what, I still don't know what happened after that conversation really, besides that obviously nothing happened. Um, and she, it's interesting because 
during this conversation, when I said, you probably know what I'm going to say next, she said yes. And like later on, when we talked in like November, she said that she didn't really know what I was going to say next. <laughs> um, and just was saying yes, like acting like she knew what I was about to talk about, um, which I mean, that could be true or she could have been like backpedaling, who knows. Um, but she, that was when she said that she didn't remember any of that happening. She doesn't remember that at all. She tried to say that I must have heard you wrong. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not funny, but I have to laugh because it is like kind of hilarious to imagine your nine-year-old daughter coming to you and telling you that your husband, her dad, had like her, his body part out if you get my drift and you somehow miss hearing that like there was the memory that I have is just there she did not mishear anything like the last thing I remember is her looking at him like super pissed and him looking at her like oh shit like because he obviously wasn't expecting me to say anything um and that's when I like walked out of the room so there was she definitely understood and heard what I said and under and knew like what was going to happen what like what I meant there was no like question about that but um one of the things I forgot too is that I found the message from when I met with her in person and then the last time when we went out to dinner and talked about things after that initial phone conversation where she just denied everything um and talked about it more in person and I made it clear that no this isn't going to work like I don't you can't like disregard this I'm sure now that this is true that this really happened she tried to get me to believe that it was like a dream or something that it wasn't real and I was like no it is real like you can't and you can't you can't like explain this away from me anymore because I had spent by that point months with my therapist like working on this stuff and like reading books about trauma and talking to my friends about it so I understood like how trauma worked by that point and um but like one of the things that my mom kept saying during that like meeting when we met at a, at a Perkins out of every place to go but you know whatever um one of the things she said during that last time when we met up was that uh, she kept trying to say, like, I don't think he went any further than what you said. And, like, that, and, like, the memory that she was trying to get me to believe was a dream of me telling her about him having that body, specific body part out, like, basically, like, a grooming memory. Um, she was trying to get me to... And she just kept saying that. She kept saying, like, he didn't go any further than that. He wouldn't go any further than that. Blah, 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 blah. And, um, and, like, I absolutely know now that he did go further than that. And honestly, like, even if, even though I didn't remember any of the actual, like, abuse memories then, to be absolutely sure that he did, there were so many... There's just so many signs about me and how I acted, not only during that time, but, like, just me even as an adult, that would show that he obviously did go further than that. <laughs> like, I'm asexual, and, like, obviously people can be asexual without it being from trauma, but if you are asexual from trauma, that that's absolutely fine. And that's clearly why I am. And it's just, like, your one daughter has, got, has like, had steady boyfriends and had, like, long-term relationships where they live together and have had a perfectly normal time doing all that, which is my younger sister. And then there's me, who never had any of those relationships ever. And um, clearly something more than what she was trying to convince herself happened did happen. Sorry, I stopped recording because my cat was screeching at nothing. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, right. So, um, one thing that people do, I've realized, that have, like, a lot of, a lot of trauma in their life, and they're, like, trying to avoid thinking about it, is, like, I used to do this, too, is that, like, when things would come up, or you would just, like, think about the things about yourself that that like show 
signs of what you've been through, but you're like not wanting to believe it, you kind of, you, you put yourself through like these rationalizations where you just keep, you find a way to convince yourself that they're not true because you're just not ready to deal with the fact that they are. And so like, for instance, I used to like try to convince myself that I was like, quote-unquote normal in the way of like like try to convince myself that I was like straight even though that didn't make sense um because I just I because I knew that like me having like no sexuality because I didn't know what asexuality was until I was like 27 (laughs) um didn't make sense and it wasn't like what everybody else was like everyone else had crushes and if, if they were gay or not and I just didn't have crushes like that on anyone like didn't matter what gender you were I it just didn't I didn't feel that way about anybody and and so and another and like like for an example a random kind of thing like that that I remember is um I've always liked fan fiction like I I can remember reading fan fiction for the tv show like charmed when I was like 12 like 13 my favorite band back then was Hanson (laughs) Um, they actually were my favorite band up till a couple years ago, but, um, especially back then, that was when Umbop was, like, all over the radio was when I was 12, and, um, I started reading fan fiction about them, and I used to, like, write my own fan fiction and like, notebooks or just in my, I used to write a lot of fan fictions that I was making up in my own head as a way to, like, escape into when I was... I would do that a lot when I was, like, at school or I was at work or I, like, couldn't sleep or something and I would just, like, escape into that. I, like, didn't like writing them down um, because I was, because my family didn't have any privacy and so I I was always afraid that if I wrote it down that one of them would, like, go through my room and see it and because they did do stuff like that. Uh, So I just would, like, keep it in my head and so... Anyway, I remember when I was, like, a teenager, like, a teenage, like, somewhere in my 20s, I remember whatever fan fiction things, there's always, like, a, a fandom of fan fiction that I'm, like, reading at a, at a particular time, and, um, whatever one it was that I was reading, I remember that, um, one of my favorite, like, genres of stories were rape recovery stories, which is essentially, like, what it sounds like. A character is raped, and another character finds out about it, and, like, you know, comforts them and helps them, and usually somewhere in the story, like, the person who did it is, like, caught, and they go through the whole, like, healing process with somebody supporting them the entire time. And so those were, like, my favorite stories since I was, like, a teenager. And I remember in my 20s just being like, why do I like these so much? Like, I can clearly remember thinking that, like, why do I like these? And, like, hurt comfort stories are always my favorite ones. Like, basically, I have, like, hundreds of fan fiction um, things saved on my phone, like most people, I think, do who love it. And one of the, and, like, most of them are, basically all of them are all, like, hurt comfort stories in one way or another. Um, but, and I just, like, rationalized it that way, but, like, now I understand, like, yeah, I liked that because it was a way of me reading, like, what I never got, like, reading somebody getting, like, comforted when you're going through that and getting justice, and it wasn't even necessarily about that, it was more about just having a person there who found out, who figured out what happened to you and, and helped you deal with it and process it the way that people are supposed to. So, like, that's a good example, I suppose, of, like, the way that, you know, there are, like, rationalizations that you just make over and over and over in your mind until you, if you one day actually deal with the things that you're avoiding, then you have, then you have to actually, like, you know, then you, like, realize, like, before I was, like, oh, I just like those sort of stories because I just, like, seen someone get comforted. And I'm, like, depressed and sad, so I, I like reading stories that are about people who are depressed and sad. Now I'm, like, yeah, I like, like those stories because I was raped, and it was nice, like, it was, like, a, like, a wish fulfillment thing, like, reading stuff like that. It made me feel better. 
um, and also sad at the same time, but whatever. And so, like, one thing that people do a lot that I've noticed this has a pattern, that, like, the thing that messes those things up, like, those rationalizations that we have in our minds, is when you share those rationalizations with other people. Because, like, other people don't have, aren't, like, using these stories that you're telling to convince yourself. Like, when you don't want to believe that something is true, you basically, like, look for whatever in order to convince yourself that it's not. And so even though, like, all those years, there were many other things that I thought of for myself that, like, didn't make sense to me, and there was always a part of my brain that would be like, yeah, but that doesn't really make sense, but I just, like, wouldn't listen to it and would basically tell it to shut up so that I didn't have to, um, so I didn't have to deal with the realities. And, like, the first couple months when I saw my first therapist and I would talk about how I felt about my parents and told her stories of things that happened, uh, that, like, made me look at those things differently. Because, like, this is basically what I'm trying to say is that, like, a lot of us have, like, rationalizations in our minds for the things that have happened to us. And then, but then when you share them with somebody else then like those things are like exposed and you're getting like an outsider's perspective on it and and it's like one or two thing happen basically when that happens is like you either accept and you either like start thinking and realizing that like these rationalizations you've been saying in your mind you know aren't true like that part of your brain that always told yourself that 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 doesn't seem right was was right on you just weren't listening or you like dive even deeper into not believing what the other person is saying and refusing to believe that um and needing to like cling on to these things that you've convinced yourself are true for even longer um and so like when I went to therapy and I like started telling my therapist things like one of the things I told her that like made that like kind of started everything was that I told her that my mom um that my mom stole money from me when I was in high school. And, like, the way I said it was, like, I didn't say it like that at all. Like, I said, I said, like, oh, yeah, like, when, I forget, I think we were talking about how, like, I had, like, adult, like, um, responsibilities or that I knew about the things that were going on that were more adult from a young age. And so I was telling her that as a way of, like, yeah, like, when I was in high school, my mom couldn't afford to pay the rent at any of the places that we lived in. We used to move, like, every two years in the same subdivision, like, a different townhouse in the same subdivision. Like, we lived in, like, four different places in that one subdivision, and, um, through the course of my life, because every time my mom would move into one of those, she could never afford the rent, and she would just move in anyway, We'd live there for, like, two years until she couldn't do it anymore, and then we moved to, like, another place, and, like, the cycle would start over again. And so I'm pretty sure I told my therapist, like, yeah, when I was a teenager and when I was in high school, um, my mom couldn't afford to pay my rent, so I just, so she just, like, took my paychecks to help pay the rent. And, like, the way that I told my therapist, it was, like, yeah, that was me as a teenager, like, helping my mom out pay her bills, and as like saying like yeah I cared a lot about them and I knew that she was always short money so I like let her do it but my therapist was like what the fuck like her reaction to it was like that's wait what did she was like wait what did she do and when I told her how she would she set up my checking account at a bank right by her work and that when I would she would um sometimes she had me give me give I would give her my paychecks because I didn't have a car and the bank was like five minutes from her school that she worked at and so I would give her the paychecks so that she could deposit them in my account and then I was realizing as more time went on back in the back in these days was before like cell phones and way before like um you know online banking happened and so you we would get like um, things sent to us in the mail of like our statement like they still do sometimes and um, the statement that I would get in the mail of how much was in like my checking account and stuff was never the right amount and I would or I would take 
or I would, like, take money out of my debit card when I would go to, like, movies and stuff with my friends, and the amount in there would never be how much it was supposed to be, would always be less, and so when I told my therapist this stuff, I said it as, like, yeah, I did this to help my mom out, and my therapist was, like, what the fuck, your mom stole your, stole your money, and she's, like, that's, like, illegal for someone to do, like, you can't, like, deposit a check into somebody else's account like in a different person's account with like like the checks were made out to me so she was like how did she even put get those get that money in her account and I was like I don't know but like she somehow did maybe because she was my mom she like convinced the bank to let her do it or something I don't know but she did do it so you know <laughs> there's that and But, like, the way that I told her was, like, the generalization of, oh, I was just helping my mom pay rent. But in reality, she was like, wait, your mom took these without even asking you first? Like, that's not right. And and she was 100% true. It was completely not right. And it, like, made me upset. But I just, like, tried to convince myself of the, like, the nicer version of that story. And so, anyway, that whole, like, detour was me trying to talk about how when I met up with my mom in person, when all of this first happened, one of the things that she said a lot was the thing of like, oh, but your dad didn't go farther than the grooming memory. He wouldn't do that. He didn't go farther than that. She like kept bringing that up. And I kept saying, why wouldn't he? Like he could do whatever he wanted. So why wouldn't he go farther than that? And like the last time that I met up with her, like right before Thanksgiving in 2018, a couple months after this was when I told her that he by then I had remembered that he definitely went farther than that and um but like looking like I forgot that she had she kept saying that and but like that was her I think that was what she told herself I think that was her like rationalization that when all of that was going on she convinced herself that he never that he didn't go farther than like I don't know like the um then like whatever she thought we were doing in that in the grooming type memory that I told her about she just I think she just told herself that over and over again for all those years to like rationalize her not doing anything about it and like covering it up and then all of the years after like letting him move back in with us multiple times and just knowing that this is a thing that happened and seeing like how it was clearly affecting me every day of my life then still and um I think that was the thing that she told herself so that she could sleep at night is that she told herself oh well it wasn't that bad it didn't go that far which like even if it had only been like you know like little like not little but like it didn't progress as far as it could have gone it still was obviously really fucked up but like of course it went much farther than that for much for a long time so but like that was the whole thing of like when she said that and I was like no it definitely went farther than that because like why wouldn't he go farther than that when you were the only adult around and you didn't do anything about it you let him do it so like if he basically has the green light to do whatever he wants in that scenario and he's doing it already like why wouldn't he do more like just because it was basically like a just because you didn't want him to do more (laughs) because you didn't want to be responsible for letting that happen like that that doesn't make sense and so that was one of those things that like pops up for people all the time is like um I'm just thinking of like all the different kind of like stories like not stories but like I see this happen so often of like people in the public eye even like people with that are going through drama like the things are like I'm trying not to talk about it but what's going on with Gabby Hanna right now is generally scary like seeing her be in some sort of a delusion like even if she is the thing with Gabby that is so hard is that like because there's been many times in the past that she has admitted that she's pretended to be more upset or whatever than she actually is to get attention because she thinks it's fun to like manipulate people that way because then when people get upset at her she doesn't she that's her way of not taking the critique 
seriously if she think if she tells herself she's just acting out as a part the entire time um but like even if like she's not being even if she's like pretending the things that she's doing right now are generally concerning where even if she is pretending it's still really concerning that she would go through all of this and not even actually be in like a delusional kind of state like for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about she's been at least at this point where I'm recording this episode she like stayed up all night posting over a hundred videos on her TikTok channel just talking about like sounding like spiritual psychosis kind of shit saying that she's God that she's Jesus that she went to heaven and met Jesus that God is great and all this like new age spirituality honestly kind of shit that is just like wild saying that like trans people aren't really trans talking about like black women being powerful because their husbands always leave them and other like racist stuff like that it's just like all and like the way that she looks when she's saying it it's like she just sounds completely like off the wall like like clinically going through spiritual psychosis like when somebody is telling you that they think that they died and went to heaven and met Jesus and is now God um yeah that's what that is and so that's what I mean by like even if she is like play acting the fact that she would go through all this play acting in this way is a gigantic cry for help in and of itself but like with she is somebody that I think of of like that she had that she has all these rationalizations in her mind like when the whole Jesse smiles things transpired last year that there was a lot of rationalizations that she told herself about her believing Curtis over her and and like the the whole thing is that like like I said if you have these things and you believe it's one thing but when you like share them with the world is a completely different thing and so like that video she made that 20 minute video she made that Jesse like broke apart and showed how wrong all these things were and that she just blatantly lied in it those were all things she convinced herself to to rationalize and like live with herself with the decisions that she made because she does the the thing that's so hard with me watching her is that I see like the kind of self-destructive behavior that I used to do in her like never to the like the level of her that she's been doing it but it's the same sort of stuff like acting out to try to get attention instead of just act instead of just going to the people you want you care about saying that you need help instead doing like these kind of like intention seeking at like behaviors on social media to get to try to make people worried about you so that people close to you will like talk to you and ask and help you what's going on instead of just telling them that you need help and it, so like that video she made about Curtis and Jesse where she tried to make it sound like Jesse was this horrible person and a bad friend and that she was the bad friend she was the problem in the relationship even though like people had listened to their phone call already and could clearly see that Gabby was the one that was the problem in the relationship and that all of these things she talked about in all these videos were not true and and it it's it's also it reminds me very much of like creep show art when she made like her final video against Emily like she she convinced herself that all of these things were true to rationalize not only her behavior but her husband's so like she's like talking about things and saying like oh like because Emily never posted on social media that she was using again that means that she was sober since 2012 and she was she said she was essayed by my husband in 20. 2013 so that couldn't have been true and it's like yeah but like people don't post on social media when you relapse (laughs) and so that doesn't mean that that's true and like it didn't also work out that way if you like remember math like she was saying like oh this post is from two years ago so that's but it's like yeah but that post was posted in 2014 and it was talking about something that happened in 20 like or anyway you know what I mean um that was what that whole video was too and like it's always kind of interesting for me in a way when people do that because they because like the general public is looking at it and it's just like why would you lie about something like that that is so easily fact-checked like the creep show art video starts with her saying that Emily um that she settled with if you're if you're watching this video it means that I settled with Emily outside of court 
and like Emily right away was like uh we didn't we didn't settle anything she like sent me a cease and desist letter that I never responded to but like we didn't like she didn't take me to court we never settled anything um but she just wanted to say that and and think that like people would believe her and it's always kind of this interesting thing for me that like people who have like those sort of things in their minds that they convince themselves are true but then when they like share it with people even if it's not the internet but like when they share with the internet then people are listening to it and we're like wait but that doesn't make any sense and so then the like it's like one or two things like like when we saw with Gabby um or even creep show art that they both just double down and refuse to look at their behavior or like see the actual truth that they know this entire time and um which is always sad like uh it, it makes me really sad to see that and just to like circle back around to like m- my own family um because that's what this like conversation was in the beginning was me finding these old things like reading like the old emails that my mom and my sister and I sent each other when all of this first happened with like a new perspective on it all after it's been so many years um and listening to those I'm gonna continue listening to those voice notes because I like hearing what how my past self felt and like re-remembering things that I forgot about um but when I think about like just my own family it just makes it always makes me sad that my mom and my sister I would honestly be, like, really surprised if my sister ever, like, you know, got help and, like, dealt with all of the shit that she's been through at this point. Because it's been so long, and it's, especially because it's been so long since I did it, that, like, like, when I was, one thing I don't, I, like, don't even mention that much, is, like, my sister did go to therapy for a little bit, um, in 2019 when I was in therapy obviously (laughs) a 2019 was when I was really suicidal and when I there when I was seeing the therapist right before I went into my dream program um my sister was saying stuff about wanting to see a therapist and I wanted her to see and then when I went to and I asked my therapist for like names of people that she knew and then when I went to, um, when I went into my treatment program and I started doing the kind of the, ex, um, prolonged exposure therapy that we were doing there, um, and it was working for me and like helping me remember things. I told, I was telling my sister about that and I think that's what made her want to try it. And so I like found out a, a website with like people who did that and like sent it to her and she saw a therapist when I was in Rogers like two or three times I think I think that's as much as she saw her I honestly don't know if she saw her more or less than that but she at least saw the therapist a few times and it seemed like she liked the idea of going to see someone just to talk about things but like but that she every time she tried to like remember things nothing would ever come up and that like she was nowhere she's still nowhere near ready to like really be able to remember that stuff like you have to be able if you don't want if like you like subconsciously and just like knowing in your mind that you're not ready for this shit your brain isn't going to bring any of that stuff up and but she did see someone for at least a few visits and then just like stopped going at some point for whatever reason and so like she did go at least a little bit but but it's like the way I look at it is like she saw the like the effect that this has had on me like I'm a much happier like calmer more relaxed person than I was than I now than I ever was before like I don't struggle with sleep anymore like I I don't have horrible insomnia anymore I don't need to take sleeping medication to fall asleep anymore and um I don't have nightmares every night anymore and uh when memories come up I handle it a lot better now like the relation like it's one of those like two-edged swords I think because she saw that I lost a lot of relationships that I had like almost all of them but um 
but I but she also saw that I am now I'm much more like you know relaxed and just much more comfortable with who I am as a person now than I ever was in the past and so it's like one of those things of like if she saw me going through all of that and she tried out therapy for a little bit but like has never gone back and never tried to go back or anything like that then um then she's likely not going to because like if you see like one of your loved ones going through all of that and like doing that and it kind of shows you that you if they can do it and handle it all then you could do it especially because they've done it already and so you wouldn't be going into it blind like like a very it was a very eldest daughter thing of me to do where I was the first one that the only person in any of my family really that went to therapy like actually my aunt the aunt that I see regularly she goes to therapy um and did and has since she was like young but everyone else like doesn't and so I was the first one to go so I was the one doing it on my own and figuring it out by myself but like anyone else who does it after me would do would be doing it you know would have like me to like help figure that stuff out like they wouldn't have to they wouldn't end up seeing like a shitty therapist like my first therapist was likely because I know what uh, what to look out for now and like what red flags are there for therapists that don't know what they're doing when I didn't know that when I saw my first therapist back in 2018, things like that. Um, but anyway, so looking back at this, like reading, listening to my old voice notes, reading like the old emails and things like that, that we sent each other. It's like, it's just, it's, it's not like new things, obviously it's things that I've lived through already, but it almost like gives now that I am like farther away from that stuff and now that I have more of a perspective on all of this it's like helping me like almost recognize things like things that I wouldn't have noticed back when that first happened um I'm not sure if it's a good idea for me to be looking into this stuff during the two weeks when I'm not seeing my therapist but I'm gonna be doing it anyway I have since I'm not in therapy, right, since I don't have therapy every week, I have, like, more free time to think about this stuff, and so, so far, it's just been, like, I think it's been good so far, even though it's obviously still difficult, I think it's been good for me to, like, remember the stuff that happened again from a newer perspective, and see, like, the, like, the generalizations that my, my mom, my sister did, or just to, like, notice those patterns more that I was too much in the thick of it to recognize at the time but now that it's been some time I can see it much more um so all this to say if you are someone that is going through no contact shit or is thinking about it or or what I really do recommend leaving voice notes for yourself because I've only listened to two so far and there was a bunch of things that my past self was telling me about in those messages that I did not remember happening anymore and it's one of those things like we dissociate a lot when all that's going on because it's overwhelming and in my case I was not sleeping so I was hardly remembering these things I'm so glad that I was smart enough back then to remember to start like I would just start, I would do voice notes like that whenever I was in the car driving somewhere or when I was doing like DoorDash delivery driving or whatever after I didn't work at the attorney's office anymore or what, or like I would do it, I would come home from therapy and do them and like, like exactly like this podcast is and I'm so glad that I have it and I feel like it's like this amazing like resource, like there's a bunch of voice notes that I deleted because I'm an idiot that I that I want to get back sometime on that's why I want to get like get like an iPad or something or other so that I can find that again because like there I had voice notes on there through like all of 2018 and 2019 and and all that that and and even from like the years before in 2016 2017 and I deleted them because I just told myself I never want to listen to them anymore but now I'm like after doing a bunch of EMDR stuff and having like more compassion for my past self 
I like I'm at the point now where I want to listen to them again and of course I deleted them (laughs) so uh I recommend that if you're like me to just do those and do those to like not even if you don't listen to them for years be smarter than me don't delete them even if you think you need to even if you want to like save space on your phone don't delete them save them and because you're likely going to want to listen to them one day because it's such like a valuable thing for me to be able to hear like I've said that to end this like rambling the thing that I've said a million times about EMDR that is so valuable is that when I do it I'm like remembering the thoughts that I was thinking and the things that I was feeling while those memories were happening like I remember how like my 9 10 11 12 13 14 whatever year old self felt which is why it helps you give so much more context of what was really going on in your life just based on how you feel and especially what you're thinking and um and like these voice notes are that again like I'm listening to me from four years ago talk about what I was going through when I went no contact and every and everything fell apart with my family and how hard that was like that is such a that's such a valuable thing not only for me to hear but for like if I ever want if if I ever figure out my life enough to like write a book of some sort about this time in my life like I honestly could because these the two years of when all this happened was there were so many things that happened during that time it was ridiculous um and if I ever figure that out enough like all I all I have to do is like listen to these old things and I would get all the information that I need and it's just like such a valuable thing to be able to listen to me from back then and know exactly how I felt like not hearing it from anyone else hearing it directly from me how it felt in the moment when I was going through it it's just it's not it's like not that's such a rare thing to be able to have that to go back to and listen to no no matter what which is why I also do this podcast even though there's a bunch of episodes I deleted in 2020 and part of me wants to delete all the episodes in 2020 I won't because I know likely one day I want to do that again with myself back then and do the same thing so yeah I'll stop rambling now. I hope everybody has a nice week.